Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Mass for Trinity Sunday. Um, wow, I, I'm, uh, I don't know how, how you're feeling these days. Um, if, uh, if I'm honest with you, I, I'm, I feel a, a little overwhelmed. It's like, man, what, what else could happen uh, this year? So, if you feel that way, I invite you to place that on the altar for Mass today. And what does it look like? I, I know I, I say this before every Mass, like place it on the altar or bring your intentions to Jesus or, or however we say that. I say it in a bunch of different ways. And, uh, and, and I know, well, here's what that looks like. Jesus, I am overwhelmed. I, I, just, I just need your help. That's it. Jesus, I'm exhausted. And, and, and I just need your help. And here's the important thing. Here's, here's where we miss. Oftentimes we'll say one of those things. Or on the other end of the spectrum we'll say, Jesus, I'm so grateful for whatever. And then we move on to the next thing. Really, with really, really quickly. So I invite you today not to move on to the next thing. But if you're overwhelmed, like I am today, Jesus, I'm overwhelmed. I need your help. And I'm just going to stay with you in that. I'm going to take silence. I'm not going to let my mind wander off. Or if it does, I'm going to say it again. Jesus, I'm overwhelmed. I need your help. Stay there. And it's in the staying with Jesus, in the pain, or in the joy and in the gratitude, wherever you happen to be, where we grow, where we really encounter him and where our spiritual lives truly deepen. So, so do that, that today. Bring whatever it is that's on your heart, that's in your mind, in your soul. Bring that to the altar. Jesus, be with me in this today. What in the world is going on? First, we have a worldwide pandemic. Then, we see the results of generations of systematic racism in our country bubble up in the midst of a man getting killed in Minnesota. And now, for the second time in 11 months, we've got a tropical storm coming right to Morgan City. What in the world is going on? Some people have said, is it the end of the world? I don't blame you for saying that. Maybe some of you have said that. I, I don't think it is. I think there will be a, a lot more things at the time for the end of the world, but I could be wrong. God did not directly cause the coronavirus. God did not directly cause tro- Tropical Storm Cristobal or Hurricane Andrew or Audrey or Barry or Lily or Katrina or Rita or any of the other ones. 
God most certainly did not cause one man to kill another man in Minnesota or frankly in a whole bunch of other places a whole bunch of other times. But God did allow all those things to happen. Why? Well, I don't know. Nobody does. That's what God tells us in the book of Job. He says, you, you, you are too small to understand why I allow evil in the world. Our human minds, which are finite, which have an end and a limit, can't understand why God, whose mind is infinite, who has no end, allows evil in the world. God gave us one answer to the problem of evil. One. And that answer is the name of this parish. God gave us one answer to the problem of evil. And that is Christ crucified on the Holy Cross. He said, in effect, you can't understand why I allow evil in the world. You got to trust me. And so that you might be willing to trust me, I am going to prove to you that I have got your best interests at heart. I am going to prove to you that somehow this is the best way to do this. I'm going to prove it. And that's why in our churches, on our altars, and around our necks, we Catholics proclaim Christ crucified. We don't use a plain cross most of the time. We don't use the cross as a prop for an image of the resurrected Jesus coming up, coming up off of it. No, no, no. We say here is where the power is. Because God said, I am with you in it. And God was with us in it. And God is with us in it. So as God is with us, in the midst of a virus, in the midst of a tropical storm, in the midst of racism and brutality on the one hand, very good and right, peaceful protests, at another place and wicked looting and burning and pillaging and further violence on the other hand God says I am with you in it so knowing that God is with us in all of these things and in whatever else could come our way and with reverence your life hasn't stopped and neither has mine and I bet you that in the midst of all these big things, that there are big pains, like in our own lives.
in the quote-unquote little things. And God's with you in that too. Not just in the quote big things, but in the little things. In the struggles that we might have with your spouse or with your kids or with your parents. He, he, he says, he says I, I, I'm with you in all of it. Won't you just believe me? And knowing that God is with us, we can ask, what might God be doing in the midst of all of this? If I find favor with you, O Lord, Moses says to God, do come with us. Because we are a stiff-necked people. I didn't look up the Hebrew beforehand, but I know, I know how to say that in French. It's tête de. It means hard-headed. It means stubborn. We are a stiff-necked people. That's a tête de. But you, you are merciful. You are good. The Lord, the Lord, a merciful and gracious God, slow to anger and rich in kindness and faithfulness. Y'all, for too long, we, I, I've said, God, I don't want you in this part of my life. God, I don't want you in that part of my life. God, I don't want you in this other part of my life. And we all do that in little ways, and hopefully they're very little, and hopefully they're just little venial sins, and we, we grow, and we go to confession, and we repent, and, and we grow closer to God, and we do those less. But um, in our society... Let's not talk about religion or politics, people say. The two most important things that there are to talk about. Let's not pray at school, people say. Because, uh, we don't need God. Let's not erect monuments of the Ten Commandments. Even though the modern Western system of law is based upon the natural law principles in the Ten Commandments. What do we expect? What do we expect? Every time in the Bible, when God's people say, God, we don't want you here, God says, okay. like somebody who's addicted to alcohol or to drugs many times and more this is so painful and I, I say this with reverence I, I know this could perhaps be the experience for some of you 
so many times when a kid, like an adult kid, gets addicted to something like that. At some point, the parents have to say, we ain't supporting you anymore. No, you can't come live at our house. No, we ain't giving you any more money. Because we are not going to participate in your own self-destruction. And God says, I want you to come back. Parents, you say to your kids, I want you to come back. I don't allow bad things to happen. I don't allow you to reap the consequences of your actions or to just experience the evil that happens to be out there in the world, like a storm or a virus. I, I don't do that like because I don't like you. I, in fact, I love you, and I want you to come back. Brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians, our second reading today, mend your ways. Encourage one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. I don't know how to stop people from killing other people. And anywhere in our country or across the world. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to stop a virus. I know that I can't stop a tropical storm. But I can do that. When I see somebody else, I can encourage them. When I see somebody on the street or at Walmart or Canada's or Rouse's or wherever I am, I can smile at them and tell them hello. Especially if I don't know them or if they look different than me or if they speak a different language than me or whatever other reason they're different than me. Or if they're my neighbor and my best friend. I can, I can smile at them. I can say hello. I can choose to not participate in gossip. I can choose to live in peace. And I'll tell you what that looks like. Y'all, I like to be right. I know none of you in here like to be right, but I like to be right. And sometimes, sometimes I'm wrong, and I've got to admit that. Hey, I'm wrong, I was wrong, I'm sorry. I think that I've gotten pretty good at admitting that I'm wrong. I, I, I got a lot of experience of that. You know what's real hard? It's when I'm right, and I know I'm right, but pushing the issue ain't going to do nobody any good. Well, that's hard. I'm right, I know I'm right, and I'm going to leave it alone. 
because I want to live in peace. Not when injustice is done. No. Not when somebody else is being uh, bullied or discriminated against unfairly or whatever. Or gossiped about. No. I got to stand up and say something. But when I'm right and the other person thinks I'm wrong and it ain't going to do no good to do anything about it. Boy, there's a lot of grace in just being able to take it. And you don't let anybody else trample over you either. Don't get me wrong. But, but Jesus took it. He was innocent. And he didn't call down the angels to help him. Even though he could have. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only son that all who believe in him might not perish but might have eternal life. It's the only thing to do, y'all. The only thing. The only way to change the world. The only way to live our lives, if we, want, if we want to be happy. If you want to be miserable, live life however you want. I guarantee you, you'll be miserable. If you want to be happy, live life like this. If Jesus Christ could die on the cross for me, then I can stand up for the person who's being gossiped about. If Jesus Christ can die on the cross for me, I can deal with, with him being, being right even when other people think I'm wrong or being misinterpreted. If I'm with him, I can go out of my way to reach out to people with a different skin color or a different background or a different language than me. Or of a different sex than me. Because maybe there's been a whole lot of injustice that I had no part in. But I want to be part of the solution. So why is God allowing all this stuff? The only answer there is, is, is this one. And I'm not like that. I got the tête d'oeuvre. And you do too. So that's what we bring to the altar. We bring to the altar our joys and our sorrows, our hopes and our dreams, our fears and our places of deep courage. We bring our tetdur and our gossip and our prejudices that are unjust. We bring our virtues and all those things that, are, that we're good at because God has given each one of you many, many gifts. 
And we say, Jesus, here I am. Jesus, I need your help. Jesus, change my life. And I promise you that if we each sit with him in that, I I promise you, by the grace of our baptism, that if each of us who has been baptized sits in that, that we will enter into the life of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that the world will be changed one person at a time.